0: Hello, welcome to another edition of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by OSU beat writer Kelly Hines. Why are you smiling at me already? What What, what is that about? You have this look. I'm just irritated with this kitten right here. And... Uh, oh, it's, it's a cat thing. Shocker. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're coming at you on a Thursday this week. Kelly, before we get into Kansas State, let's look back for a second uh, at a pretty impressive win over Texas. Uh Hello, cat sighting. I'm Just gonna hold uh, her.
1: She's trying to drink out of my water and I don't want her to.
0: Yeah, that's just that's just weird. Um, what do you make of the Texas win? Pretty impressive performance, a lot of factors going on there. How do you how do you what do you make of that one?
1: I think just uh considering um the the amount of injuries, you know, going into that game and, and things that happened during that game, to be able to still continue to make adjustments, especially on defense, um, that was super impressive to me. And I think it kind of, um, you're starting to see the identity of this team a little bit. You know, I, I think uh, it's it's kind of difficult in non-conference play and then early in conference play. But I think now, you know, near the midpoint of the season, you're seeing like a resiliency factor that um, you're going to need to be a contender in the Big 12. So I think um, you know a lot of guys played really well on offense and, and contributed to that, but I was most impressed with the defense being able to handle you know all of those injuries and then you know rely on a lot of young guys who just don't have as much experience and to be able to you know especially in the fourth quarter um, do what they needed to do um, you know to to close out that game.
0: They uh, they made viewers look a little lost, frankly. He, I mean, what, what, what do you make of that? I mean, he, it, it, they really shut down that that passing game, and yeah, viewers look lost.
1: Yeah, and I think um, you know Texas is is trying to figure themselves out, and that's part of it. But a big part of that was, you know, Derek Mason knows what he's doing. I mean, he's a really good defensive coordinator, and I think that he really puts his guys in position to succeed. And you're seeing, um, you know. Because some of those guys are so young and inexperienced, they're, they're just really focused on doing what they're supposed to do. And they're they're not trying to do what the guy next to them is supposed to do. Like I think they're just very well coached on defense. And um just I think the defensive line is, is it, is. You know, a type that can cause a lot of problems for you, even if they don't make the tackle, you know, or, or get a sack, they um, p- apply a lot of pressure and that, that can definitely put a quarterback, you know, out of sorts for an entire game. And I, I think you saw a lot of that.
0: So a lot, uh, lot of uh, newcomers, if you will, sort of kind of filled in she was without a lot of starters um who stefan johnson is an easy one he he performed very well uh of the newcomers who were kind of thrust into duty who else impressed you
1: um well colin clay is a guy who's you know been in the program but you know that was his first start and that that kind of you know was a little bit unexpected uh just considering you know brennan evers you know is has been such a, a key piece in this defense and, and, and him deciding to, you know, move on from his college career in preparation for the NFL draft, you know, that, that kind of, um, opened up a door for Colin play who has, you know, he's had uh, he's torn the ACL on the same knee twice. I mean, that's really difficult to come back from and, you know, he's transferred and, and, you know, he's, his journey is, is, you know, it's not been an easy one. So to see him um step in, he's obviously played before, but you know, he he played a lot more than he typically would have. And he played really well. Um, like, you know, I think uh I think defensive tackles are so underrated because they they just do what they're supposed to do and they don't always get, you know, the sack or or have a, a you know the tackle, but they they hold their own really well and that allows everyone else, you know, around them to to make the play. And I feel like he's a guy with with a ton of potential, and um, that was a really good starting point for that. So he probably was the you know a guy who who stood out to me just because he was you know one of the the defensive guys in in a different
0: role. I'm glad you brought up uh, Evers. Uh, did I say that right? I, I, yeah. He only went to Bixby High School, and I've been reading about him for eight years, and so that's United. the
1: problem with with reading names for so long is, and I do that all the time. I'll, I'll have read a name like a million times over. And so I think I know how to say it and I don't,
0: it's just, you know, we're, we're newspaper people. So that's right. That's right. Um, so he got extremely unfairly attacked a little bit when he made his announcement that he was going to stop playing college football and sort of focus on the NFL draft. Um, some of the Twitter nonsense that you saw, uh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it's kind of the worst part of Twitter, people going after a kid who who don't know anything about what's going on. Um, can you kind of put all that into, into perspective on, on what was going on with him and sort of the challenges he's faced and injuries and whatnot?
1: Yeah, I mean, he has uh, gone through things with his football career that like most of us can't even imagine. I mean, he had a literal like, bone graft to like repair his shoulder. I mean, like the pain involved in that not just with the injuries, but the recovery from them. I mean, he's, he's had a lot of issues um, with his shoulder and uh, never complained about that, never put himself first, like literally sacrificed his body for the team and and got to a point that, you know, he was going to have a difficult time performing at a high level the rest of the season – Um, If, you know, being able to play at all because of injury. So, um, you know, I totally like respect the decision that, you know, if he's not able to, um, like, be at that normal high level, which for him is, is an elite level, then, you know, that's never going to be a bad decision. Like you have to look out for yourself, but I also think he was looking out for the team, and and he probably knew a guy like Colin Clay could could step in. And Colin Clay at hundred percent versus Brandon Evers at you know fifty percent, twenty whatever. Like he he knew the right thing to do, and you know he didn't have to come back for this season. This was you know the the co- extra COVID year that he came back. For. I, I think he has two degrees. I mean, he's literally, like, given everything, like, and done everything right. He's, like, a, um academic um, all-Big 12 selection. I mean, never caused any problems, literally done everything that you would want a guy to do and, like, more because he's, he's performed at such a high level. So to see him, you know, have any amount of criticism, like, that's just I think that's just really unfair. And that's just, that's crap. Like, I mean, I'm, I remember a few weeks ago um, after practice, like he was one of the players they, they brought, you know, for, for media interviews and he, he had like blood, like, like, mm-hmm. he had, you know, uh, something had happened during practice and He had like blood, like dri- just like dripping down his nose and he's just like, Oh, it's just like a normal Tuesday practice. And it's like, yeah, that's just kind of how he was. Like he was very physical, very tough. And um. You know I, I know he's so well respected within the team that like I can't imagine a single teammate being like, oh man, like how selfish of him to to do that. Like that, none of that happened. So if everyone who knows him and everyone on the team like supports this this decision, like strangers on Twitter like have have like no room to say anything about it.
0: Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right, let's talk about K-State a little bit. Uh, Always a tough out, the Wildcats. Uh, OSU goes up to Manhattan for a 2.30 kickoff on Fox. Um, Again, Kansas State's always a tough out. How are you seeing that game?
1: Man, this is uh, another tricky one. Um, This is just a really difficult stretch for OSU. Um, I really thought, um, you know, before the TCU game, if they could, if OSU could just go like two and two and it's like next four games, that would be really impressive. And honestly, they, they, they had, they should have won that, that TCU game. And, yeah. um, you know, Texas could easily say we should have won, you know, they should have won the o- OSU game. So um, I think uh, this is a, a, an interesting matchup because I just feel like Kansas State and Oklahoma State, the similarities um with where their programs maybe were like decades ago and where they are now, like um, it was something that was brought up Monday. And um, I remember uh, whenever I was um, in school, I covered um, an OSU game at Kansas State that was in um, 06. And that was a very different atmosphere than the last time I was up there, which was in 2019. And just what they've been able to do with with um even though they've had coaching changes that's obviously different than what from what OSU has they've been able to establish a, a culture and an atmosphere that um makes Kansas State um that's a difficult place to go play at um but in terms of their personnel you know they have some injuries just like everybody else um but they still have a really good running back um just an exceptional rushing attack um and their defense is pretty good um so I think that they they are going to be um a difficult matchup but not um not like impossible Layla is just popping up here to say hello yep I um, see
0: the tail flip yeah right that's tail um
1: yeah. but I I feel like you know every team is is dealing with with similar stuff right now especially with injuries you know they're They're banged up. OSU, as we know, is very banged up. Um, I do feel like OSU has, um, if I had to pick who I think would win, I would give OSU the advantage right now just because I I feel like they have so much confidence coming off last week. And I just feel like this is a a more well-rounded team, but it's so impossible to predict these games. Um, I would love to see... You know Adrian Martinez play and see what these teams look like when their quarterbacks are both healthy. But I I don't think that there's such a thing as a healthy Big Twelve quarterback right now. Everyone is, is dealing with that because like, everyone had to play TCU. I mean, if you go back and look right. at uh, you know what what TCU's defense, well Spencer Sanders is banged up going into that, but I don't think that game helped. But um, TCU's defense, like if you if you go down the list of the quarterbacks that that T, that have gone up against TCU. Like, they're all so banged up right now.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not sure what made me think of this, but uh, do you think there's any chance Spencer Sanders comes back next year? He He's el- eligible to do so, correct? If you wanted to. Uh, yeah,
1: he, he has that additional season, like the COVID year. I don't see that happening. I think that when once it gets to the end of this season, he will have pretty much all of the records. He will have accomplished most of the things that um he, you know, was hoping to do. you know, and obviously there's so much football left to be played this season. It could go any number of ways. But I feel like he's he will always be a little bit underappreciated. And I think stuff like that kind of wears on him. Like he doesn't love doing interviews. I don't blame him. He's, he's been interviewed like going back to like probably his like junior year, year of high school. Um, I, I think he's, he's probably ready for that next chapter, like whatever that is for him. I would assume that that's probably the next step for him. Um, and I, I really like Spencer. And I, I think that he um, carries himself with such confidence that is very contagious for the team. And he's, he's, such a great leader. Like he believes that they can beat anybody. So everybody on the team believes that they can beat anybody. And, and I think he's just, um, maybe undervalued, like just because, you know, early in his career, he had turnovers or even last season, he had turnovers like, well, that's going to happen when, when you, um, play with the style that, that he plays with, he's, you're going to have, um, things like that happen. But, um, he, when Mike Gundy calls him a magician in, in OSU's offense, I mean, that's he makes things happen that you're not going to see that very often with a quarterback. And I think um, whoever the starter is next year, it's, it's going to be a big difference because you can't replace Spencer Sanders. He's, he's just a very unique player um, with, with a personality that I think is exactly what you need in a starting quarterback um, just completely fearless and, and, you know, he's, he's very confident in himself and that may rub people the wrong way, but I I love that about him. I think that he's, he's been, um, exactly what a program like this needs and it's going to be tough to find someone who has all of those same elements. Like he's, he's almost like a unicorn in that
0: way. It's interesting you say some of that because I, I feel the same way that, that maybe we do take him a little bit for granted, because um, he has – he it just feels like he's been there 10 years. And I know yeah, if, I mean,
1: he, yeah, it does seem like he's been there for a long time, but he's he's won a lot of games. I mean, I think he's probably. won like 30 games as a starter now. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. I don't know how much more you could expect for him, you know, from him for with an additional year. Obviously, if he chose to do that, he'd, he'd be like – Okay, we have everything we need to go go win a national championship. Let's go do it. Like I think you know that was that was obviously a, a reason that he's you know still with the team now. He he thought that like this season was um, an opportunity for that, and things could still happen that way. I just it's so difficult in the Big Twelve to to come out with you know even fewer than than two losses, and um, I love that the Big Twelve is is so stacked and and just you know, top to bottom is, is going to be, um, a challenge, but, you know, it's, it makes it difficult in the national conversation to, to say, okay, well, a two loss, big 12 champion, you know, they, they should compete for a national championship, which I think that they absolutely should. But, um, I think it's just going to be difficult for, for any team to, to in any given year to make it through like unscathed. It's just almost impossible.
0: Yeah. They just, they, they, they beat everybody they beat each other up and just yeah just, and, and that's that's really
1: what you're seeing now with all of the injuries and there's no way to avoid that it's just the defenses in the big 12 are, are i think they're underrated and you're just seeing you know they're they're just going through a really difficult time trying to uh keep everyone healthy and, and unfortunately for osu having that open date you know in week four like there's no break for you and i, I I think that that just adds to it. You don't have a chance to fully recover from the previous week. And, and so you're getting to like midweek of a game week and trying to figure out what your personnel is. And, and you know, I think, I think what OSU did, um, you know, last week was so smart moving um, Jabbar Muhammad to a safety spot. From you know, it's one of your starting corners, a position that you don't have a lot of depth there either. But you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a guy who could play that position, so let's go ahead and move him. Like during a game week, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. So um, I think that worked out well. And then you you obviously had had you know Jason Taylor get injured in that game. Um, so safety is is an area that they're going to be super banged up, even if you continue to keep um, Jabbar, you know at a safety spot. So um, just everybody is, is dealing with injuries and it's, it's part of it, but I, I, I hate to see it affect the outcome of games when the matchups are so good when, when everyone is is remotely near 100%.
0: Do you know anything about Jason Taylor's availability for this week?
1: Um, well, it's a hyperextension with his knee, so um, I, I don't know what the recovery is like for that. I, I'm guessing that's that's another day-to-day situation. Um, but it definitely looked a lot worse than that at the time. When yeah. he had, he, you know, had his had a towel on his head, was like being like helped off and, and taken to the locker room. I was like, oh, that is a guy you you cannot lose, Jason Taylor. I mean, he's he's just such a key piece. Stop it! Just had a skirmish here. Um, he's such a key piece to uh, the defense and helping the the younger guys along. Um, but I think. Now that you're you're past the the midway mark of the season, like guys are less um, inexperienced than they would be, you know, if this were the start of the season.
0: It looks like you're literally having a cat fight there.
1: It's it's everything's under control. It's fine. Um, Layla does not appreciate my foster kittens existing like at all. So, um, mm. but she doesn't remember that once upon a time she she was a foster kitten. Uh huh. So. I tried to explain this to her. Um, haven't haven't really made any progress. Um I've I've probably fostered like a thousand kittens in the in the six years that I've had, Layla, and she has not liked any of them. So I don't know why it'd be a surprise to me right now. If we could just like not do this like while I'm taping this podcast, that'd be great, but. She doesn't really have a concept. They, they
0: don't. They don't work on your timetable. No, not, no, no. Yeah. No.
1: I, I. mean, it, I wanted to do this in the afternoon because they should be napping. Like, go take a nap. <laughs> like, I would take a nap if I had time.
0: Oh, totally. If totally. I were cat, I'd
1: sleep all day. It'd be great. I
0: thought I, I. I would have guessed you've had Layla much longer than that. I would not have guessed six years. I Just feels longer.
1: Um, no, uh, Jet and Layla, um, you know, they're siblings. They've they turned six. Um, like in March, and I got them um when they were like three months old. So yeah, they're they're like six and a half.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, but they're much older. They they
1: they don't look a day over like one or two though. Totally. <laughs> in in cat years, like I'm the same age as them, but I feel like I'm a lot more mature than they
0: are. Probably so. Probably a little bit. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there uh, for this week. Safe travels to Manhattan, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, sounds good.